Welcome to the Views Podcast with your hosts, Nate Farmer Eden and Cole Farrow. Get ready to move even closer to financial freedom as they reveal the real estate investing strategies you need to acquire assets you can cash flow or flip. Now, let's get into today's show. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Again, thank you all so much for viewing. You guys could be anywhere else in the world, but you guys come and hang with us. Means the world to us. This is phenomenal. This is Views. I am your co-host, Nate Farmer-Aiden. Here again with my partner. I don't know if he's above you guys, but he's above me. My partner, Cole, right here. All right, well, look, um, we'll go into a couple housekeeping things before we jump in. So first, please don't forget to leave us a rating or review so we can grow and educate others. That would help everybody. Um, second, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And third, buckle up because as usual, it's going to be a hell of a ride. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with Santiago Martinez. Uh, Santiago is one of my best buddies in investing. Um he has over 40 units in his portfolio right now, and he's a couple different awesome legs of his business, um, both building his own portfolio and in the flipping world. Um, he has taught me some amazing things in virtual assistants and how to leverage other people to grow your business. So I'm stoked to be here and to chat with him today. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. I still like as you talk, I still remember the first time that we really connected. What was it um, at one of those? It wasn't a meetup, but it was a title company and you were like, I want thousands of units. I'm like, fuck yeah. I don't know. Like, yes, I love that. Cause at the time, I think you, I don't remember how many units were at, but it was like really neat how that big vision was like there right from the beginning. So it's, it's, it's cool to, to get a grasp as to where you're at or what you're doing. I appreciate that. I love it. I still remember that. That was a great meetup. That was exciting. That's where it all started. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, both both of our what is it? Fifteen uh, hundreds are parked right next to each other. I recall that too. There it <laughs> is. Yep, yep. Great minds think alike, right? <sighs> exactly. <laughs> Love it. Holy cow! I'm trying to be like you too when I grow up. That's all it is. <laughs> My goodness. But Santiago, I must say, first of all, must again, thank you so much for coming down. Thank you for hanging with yeah. us. Thank you for sharing your views and outlook on life. If you don't mind, I'd like to dive into a couple questions. If that's cool with you. Yeah, anything. I'm an open book. All right. So first, tell me a little bit about yourself, especially for those that are out there watching who might not know your backstory, you know, what brought you here, what got you here. Why are you doing this? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I I think I've told Cole before, it's one of those things where I take my life through seasons, right? Um, what, this current season of my life, I'm trying to master business and I've decided to kind of like take the vehicle of real estate. Um, so like on, on that side of stuff, yeah, um, I guess I'll, I'll start up a little bit as to like when, when I first started the, the reason why I even got into real estate was in order for me to get enough houses so I can wrestle full time. Wrestling was like my first baby got to some, some time where I had, I had probably like five, six units. So nothing too crazy. Um, and then wrestling was coming to an end. That's when I decided to really, really just like put my head down and kind of like grow the portfolio over here in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, and that's 2029 20, on uh, this last little bit. It's been like a full time, full time investor and just kind of like building a rental portfolio and recently kind of just decided on actually diving into flips and kind of consistently like cranking them out. So tell me more about like why the properties you select, how you invest. Tell me more about like your strategy. 
Yeah. So um, what I've what I've noticed is like a big piece of me is like I've tried to like burr stuff. I've noticed that there's a, a ton of opportunity when it comes to burr uh, or just finding properties where investors or people uh, have some kind of need. So whether it's like a homeowner that is about to lose their stuff or whether it's like an investor that hasn't done a good job at keeping up with their properties. So like we focused on high needs. And uh, so like on that side of stuff, it's like, I need deals. As long as I have deals, I'm able to uh, do my full equation. Um, so I've uh, I've just noticed that I've really gone down the the route where I'm like um, connecting with smaller mom and pops or single individuals, and that's brought me into smaller multis or single family houses, uh, and mainly in the over here in the Lehigh Valley. So Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton. Uh, they started expanding a little bit, but mainly in that in that section, just because we're so heavy on the on the operation side of stuff. Love it. And to those that don't know, we are in, uh, Santi and I both are in uh, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, which is like two-ish hours outside of Philly. Um, so a little more depth there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy to like go, go into like any section possible as to like the, the, you know, whatever you guys catch or whatever you guys want me to kind of like dive into. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, this was an amazing segue. So you're talking about your niches, right? Yeah. Mom and pop small, some residential, growing a big portfolio, but you've got to, I, I know sometimes people don't want to spill the tea, but I've got to ask you, and I want you to dive into it. Yeah. How are you like funding these kind of deals? How are you coming in there, getting the capital to go ahead, do the renovations? You mentioned Burr. This stuff's not cheap, man. And you're up to like 40 units. So somehow you have figured out a system to be able to bring some funding and deploy capital consistently and it's working. How? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great question. And it's funny because it started, I'm like, all right, I'm going to dive into this. I have no money, just ended wrestling. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And uh, I'm in the wrestling rooms. So I wrestled at Lehigh. I was still kind of like training and stuff. And uh, a buddy of mine, uh, he's like, he's like, oh, whenever you have an opportunity, let me know. I'm like, actually, I might have something for you if you want. And it all started with just like a conversation. Luckily, I've been able to get good individuals who have capital and trust me to lend me that money. Uh, they give me 100% of purchase, 100% of renovation. I'm able to purchase it, go through the full thing. I have a construction team and stuff. So like we've done well on operations and we've also done very well on connecting with wealthier individuals who are open um, to trusting, trusting us with their capital. So like on that side of stuff, we scaled and after you do one and there's trust, there's just kind of like floodgates open, you know? Uh, so we've been, we've been doing a good job there and it's just like a rinse and repeat thing. Mainly wealthier individuals, some private money lenders, uh, haven't had to like really tap into like hard money lenders too much. And after you do the first set of like, let's say legal documentation, you just kind of like uh, take the PDF, you put it into a Google Doc, and I just kind of rinse and repeat it, you know? <laughs> you went through all of this. Yeah. Creative finance, found somebody, found capital, OPM, other people's money, was able to yeah. tap into that. So you went through your whole spiel, and I have not once heard you mention the term bank. So you did, none of this was like loans coming from uh, the bank. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's funny, because right at the beginning, I'm like, I have no W-2 income. I'm just, I just got done wrestling. I'm like, I guess if I get a private lender, they're going to have to like hold note for three years. And that was initially my expectation. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have to build this. And then three years later, I'll refinance. Luckily, like, I mean, a year in like 2020 or so, early 2020 is when I started being able to like connect with banks and, and I learned about commercial lending. So I'm like, 
oh, cool. You know, like they're basing it on the portfolio or the assets themselves. I'm like, oh, neat, you know? So I, I do go through and like refinance at, at the end, pay investors back, and then have that money right to deploy again for more properties. Love it. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. <laughs> Salute to you on that. Thank you, sir. It's been cool watching you take this ride from perfecting your systems from the private money side, getting everything done and making it really a nice, smooth process uh, for everybody involved. I think it is so cool watching that from the outside. Um, I'm sure, though, in the beginning, especially you've had a lot of challenges with figuring this stuff out, chatting with people, whatever it may be. What are some of the things you've run into and how have you solved those? Yeah, no. So uh, I think it's in like obstacles are inevitable, right? It's like, they're going to happen. It's like, it's, it's just a part of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting because like when that question comes up, it's like, it's a little hard to answer it, but at the beginning there was no systems and you had to do absolutely everything, you know? Um, (laughs) Luckily now we've gotten to a spot now where I have a, a virtual assistant team and we focus so deep into systems themselves that it's almost like when a small thing comes up, automatically we're addressing it, we're working through it, we're kind of like uh, connecting with the right people, and we have a uh, kind of like a system for th- systems. You know, it's like sounds funny enough, but it's like it's uh, an example. Let's say I just created something for for uh, disposition since we're starting to sell some more things. So like I tweaked a view on Podia or whatever and sounds something small, but I made a quick video that way my team knew that that change happened. At the beginning, it's one of those things where it's like, I didn't even know how to create systems. So it's like, I started just bringing information from external groups, from coaching mentors or just like different areas and putting them into like, all right, how do I work this with my VA? That way I don't do absolutely everything, you know? So I think, I think the changes happen like on a weekly basis. Uh, a big implementation has been traction. And on that side of stuff, it's like, it it's very meeting heavy, uh, but it also kind of lets you offload so many of the tasks that you would normally be doing as a small operator, you know? Trying to find things, make small tweaks and alterations has been one of my struggles since the get-go. Not to mention not having a system, like you mentioned, was definitely one of my downfalls. We'll we'll need to get into that. That's for another time. Question for you on this one here. It's two-parter. First, why did you select that market? And how did you go about understanding and analyzing properties? Coming from like the world of wrestling, and I'm going to go ahead and do this. You mentioned zero money. No W-2 income. I don't know if you knew much about real estate in and of itself as a whole, but like jumping into saying, okay, now I'm looking at an asset, a house no less, and I'm going to go ahead and take this down. And why that market? The wrestling piece and the PA piece kind of come together. So like I came up to PA, I'm from Florida originally. I was born in Columbia, but I came up to PA for wrestling. It's a, it's a very uh, wrestling heavy state. So like, you know, it's just, it's known for its wrestling. Um, got recruited up here and it was like a, a weird route, but overall I came up for wrestling and wrestling at Lehigh, there isn't a lot of time where you're like going out to party or anything like that. So you're kind of just stuck in your room. I, uh, I started reading, I think like a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, go through this, but I started reading rich dad, poor dad. And then just, that kind of just opened a whole different world for me. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. And I'm here. I'm getting like my master's in educational leadership and stuff. But like right after that book, I'm like, I know that I'm going to go down this path. 
even when I got done wrestling, I knew I continued wrestling uh, and got a part-time job with PPL, corp, like a, a corporation up here. And I knew that I'm like, oh, now that I have a W-2 income, because like at that time I had uh, PPL, I was still wrestling, and I knew I was able to get a loan. So I ended up kind of like house hacking, getting a three unit. So I think like it started right at the beginning where uh, when you get your first three unit, I still like barely even knew how to like run numbers or anything like that. But like you kind of like learn on the fly at that time. Um, and even then it was like, I think probably 7K in order to get into the, the unit itself, just because it was like FHA, I was house hacking it, I was living in there. It was like a, a pretty shitty unit on the third floor in Center City, Allentown, you know, so it's just like you go through like all these inconveniences uh, in order to like make it happen. Uh, so just like the learning little, little by little took place as I kind of just dove into it. The one of the things I really did was like, hey, I just kind of like went in there head first and just figured it out. Um, and then again, I still had part-time jobs. So like income was coming in. I just got out of college. So there wasn't like too much overhead, right? So yeah. And just kind of like after I started buying some more things, that's when I just stayed in the area and just really wanted to develop portfolio overall. That is absolutely incredible. Part of that and a lot of this stuff, right, is a lot of risk management, whether it's building your systems or whether it's managing the private money or whatever it is. What are some of the yeah. ways that you use to manage risk, uh, especially with the private investors, things like that? And something Nate and I always talk about with the syndications, it's like, you know, how do you manage risk to make sure that your people that are helping you out and that you're providing for are protected? It's such a good question because it's almost like um, you don't know what you don't know, right? It's like at the beginning, you're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll just kind of borrow money and kind of like I'll, I'll work through it. I'll figure it out. And it's almost like I'm like, wow. With the experience I had at the time, I'm like, it's so surprising that somebody would have been open to lending me money at that scenario. Yeah, it's like I, I had limited experience in construction. I had limited experience in, in investments overall. I want to say little by little continuously reduce that risk by like multiple things. I think uh, profit first helps. But uh, overall, it kind of like separates like renovation money from operations, right? And so being able to have multiple bank accounts, stuff like that really helps. I think... There's a layer here where I've open, I've even kind of like separated my risk by being able to have team members in which they're accountable for something. Just because as your operation grows, it's a lot harder to be able to kind of like take care of everything. If you're trying to take care of everything, that's when kind of like uh, you have your hands in too many pots and consistency kind of goes away. So like a big piece for me is, all right, how do I make sure that I train this person, I keep them accountable, and we're able to uh, make sure that they know that this is their responsibility, giving them a bigger picture, a bigger idea as to like, this is where we're going, this is what needs to happen, and this is why this piece is super important, you know? On that side of stuff, it's it's been kind of neat because it's like now there's like millions of money that I kind of like are given to me. I move, I shift, I sell, right? And as I start thinking about it, I'm like, I wouldn't trust, like I would, I would hundred percent, if I was in somebody else's shoes, trust me to borrow that money. So mm -hmm. it was like, I became the person that's very reliable and consistent. It's been pretty cool. It's just like, I think you start becoming a better person. As you become a better person, you're able to lead better. You lead better. Now you're able to just kind of like handle more. So that's certainly a piece that I'm realizing uh, as I'm kind of like going through the stage now. Absolutely. And I feel like it's like a little bit of ebb and flow. Like you get stressed real thin and it gets very like tight. 
and then you kind of learn to handle it and then it kind of comes back in and then you stretch a little farther and then you learn to handle it and then it comes back in and it's just back and forth and back and forth. So definitely, definitely that one. And I think like one of the things that have helped so much is just like having you and our group around. Cause when I, whenever I'm like, oof, Hey, this is tough. I'm not sure exactly what to do. Just pick up the phone and I'm like, Hey, Cole, you know, like, so there's just, call, I call Cole too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I guess yeah. I'm just, uh, that guy on speed dial. It's like a hotline. <laughs> I don't know exactly. if I can offer good advice often, but I'll always pick up. <laughs> uh, so like that, there's certainly like power behind being able to connect with somebody with the problem you have. Sometimes I think you start getting stuck when you're, you face a problem and you're just, not doing anything about it or just like stressed and you don't kind of like connect with others. You're able to connect with others, like more ideas come out or a big piece that I've done is just kind of like start writing, right? It's like, all right, what hurdle is it that I'm facing right now? All right, based on that hurdle, there could be this or could be that, you know? So start pulling it all apart. Love that. Oh, and that makes me even think of like bullet journals and we're not even going to go into it because that's all, <laughs> another entire interview. But if anyone's heard of bullet journals and uh, you do it or thinking about doing it, just do it. And with Colt asking the question about risk management and trying to figure things out and us kind of touching on where you are now with the 40 units, looking into the future, whether it be one year, three years, five years, yeah. where is the direction of real estate heading in your eyes or in your view? But where do you see it happening? And is there any emerging trends or any other opportunities that are starting to excite you? Mm. as an investor yeah, i no, like to pick your brain on that i uh, know perfect uh, i think there's a question that i get asked frequently right it's like all right what do you think is gonna happen you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a a piece where i'm like ah there it's been uh such an interesting market right because it's like just prices have kept on growing and growing and growing and it's like there something needs to happen it's something needs to happen to change and i'm not sure exactly when that does happen or if it does happen or not i think uh on my side i've just really focused on how do i continuously like clean up my equation and really hone into like what we're doing that way if something if there is a crash that does happen or or hey prices drop we're either in a good spot to continue purchasing stuff or we're in a good spot to make sure we're hold tight. The market hasn't stopped growing. Like the properties that were the three unit that I bought for a hundred thousand dollars in 2016 is now 300 and something thousand dollars, you know, and it's just like keeps on expanding and expanding and being able to like have that portfolio. It's like, at, let's say one month it, you have this amount of equity. And then you look at it six months later and you're like, how the F did it kind of like grow by this much more, you know? So it's just really, really, really interesting. And the way I think about it, it's certainly like fairy dust, right? It's like how much, mm. how much your equity, nothing unless you actually do something with it. Uh, but it's just really cool to get a grasp that uh, you just kind of put your head down, really, really kind of like put all these parts together based on those parts together. There's wealth and capital that starts coming in. I'm like, Oh, this is neat. Um, but um yeah, no, so I have no idea where we're actually heading. I think like the, the biggest thing I think of Jordan Peterson, you got to clean your room. So I'm trying to clean my room as much as possible. That way, if something bad happens, I know exactly how to handle it. Or I just kind of like became even wealthier because I took advantage of the opportunity. So many insights in there too. Like <laughs> there's just so many pieces to pick out. It's funny when you say fairy dust, my brain immediately goes to Wolf of Wall Street with Matthew McConaughey. And just one of the things that revolutionized what I do 
you taught me this was leveraging other people and specifically virtual assistants. So I'm curious, I know there's a million things we could go into with it, but what got you on it and why is it beneficial? Why should people use them or, you know, what does it do for you? Virtual assistants have very much made my business, right? It's like when you're starting out, I think like as I was starting out, I was bootstrapping everything. And since I've decided on really building a portfolio, there's very little capital injections there. So with very little capital injections, you're talking about kind of like really like bootstrapping everything and not having too much money like available. So it forced me to really, really think about as to like, okay, if I need help, like how do I go about it? Well, at that time, it was just kind of like, hey, let me get a virtual assistant that I can pay $100 to $200 a week to offload X amount of tasks, right? Um, and a, a big piece came from like a, a coaching group that I was in that was very different than any like real estate related things. And they were using them nonstop. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, so like pick that idea, then kind of like implementing that with traction and being able to give somebody a responsibility and a title and being able to like have them be accountable to that. That was such a game changer. Cause I'm like, wow. Like, um, I, I thought about it for a second. And I'm like, what percentage of what I'm doing actually needs to be in person. When I started thinking about that, it's like less than 2% in all reality needs to be in person. There's obviously construction. That's a, a boots on the ground task, right? There's like a layer of like uh, sections of making sure that the property is ready for a tenant. Right. But then Besides that, it drops very greatly, you know? So I'm like, how many things can I take virtually? Because if we're able to like uh, have a team member that's ex like very much focused on that role, now we're able to bring better service because they're doing it over and over and over. So I'm like, I, I, how fast can I get to a full team that I can really scale? That was kind of one of the questions I just started asking myself. Uh, that was a big piece. And as more needs grew, they kind of just added more people to the team. Uh, and now like I, what I realized like, hey, that business structure wasn't really working, but it really helped me get a grasp that, hey, I can build this with virtual assistants. Now that we're actually going on the, on the flip side of stuff, it's like, okay, uh, wealth is being able to be built. And now there's a, a flipping side of stuff that is able to sustain a team underneath it. You know, it started with being really resourceful. That resourcefulness just kind of grew into like, five levels deep. Now I'm like, there's no way that I would want to like have like a set full of people in house just because of the overhead, because of the amount of like, I don't know, just possibly me thinking that I have to go into the office is, is a whole different. And I also started this business in COVID too, right? COVID was a time where like people were shutting down like left and right. So it's almost like, oh yeah, I can't, uh, we're doing uh, no, uh, what is it? Virtual showings because of COVID, right? So on that side of stuff, it, it just kind of like a it, it, uh, perfect moment for me to like really build like on the virtual side. Now awesome. I feel like everything is done virtually. So Jonathan's, he's from Venezuela. He's my full-time construction admin mm -hmm. and he gets estimates for me. He gets pictures. He puts things together. It's just like the amount of things that we are able to do by tweaking, right? It's like these little tweaks that happen. So awesome. And it's cool. Cause just like you mentioned, it's, it, I think a lot of people struggle with the virtual assistants because they don't know how to train properly or don't know how to hold them accountable. Like you said, and you are really good at that, holding them accountable, giving them a role and making sure they fulfill it. What are maybe a couple things you do to make sure that that happens, that they are effective? Implementing the, the traction model 
model helps us so much. Uh, a big piece of it is like there's a weekly meeting, right? That weekly meeting, let's say if you're concentrating on your rock, the rock is just kind of like a bigger project that you're focusing on those for those three month periods. Every week, if you ask them, hey, how are we in this rock? Are you on track? Are you not on track? Okay, cool. Now you're checking on it on a weekly basis, right? And there's like a, a few different little little parts that I started putting all together. But I think getting things done has been huge. Uh, David something, I'm forgetting his name. But uh, in a sense, having some kind of system as to how to separate projects from action items it's super important. That way you start getting grasped as to like, hey, what are the current projects that you have on your plate right now? If these projects are important and then there's some actions that come from it. And that I've implemented with my team. And initially there was a lot of chaos. Now we're starting to get a lot more organized, but that helps with accountability a ton. The weekly kind of meetings help to a high degree, as well as just kind of having that that goal for the from the beginning of the year, we have a clear goal as to what what do we want to reach. Having that allows my team to know where is that we're heading. Also, have implemented Vivid Vision, so they kind of have a grasp as to like what the organization is going to look like three years down the line, right? So whether it's exactly kind of like the right place. Probably not, but overall, we're rowing towards the same di- same direction. So good, so good. Nate's laughing because we're doing all the exact same things, and he's like, "Oh yeah, awesome." <laughs> you know, from an outside perspective, I, I just met you, and it's been nothing shy of phenomenal. But uh, but to hear that you you implemented and are utilizing these same kind of systems that, that Cole and I have, and of course Cole has been doing it longer than I have, but that that we're using and, and it's working. So like it's, it's like a proven system, and, and it's going talking about, you know, setting your rocks, talking about quarterly goals, bigger picture, vision, traction, all of those systems that you've been able to put into place and have been able to create a team to be able to help them uh, understand, see where you would like it to go. And then as you put it, everybody rowing in the same direction, everybody moving together collectively as one, as a team, as an item. It's phenomenal. And I think as you start seeing it, I think a core fundamental behind that is just focus, right? If you're yes. as a human being, you're able to focus on a certain thing for extended amount of time and kind of overcome whatever hurdle comes from going down this route, like things happen, right? Like mm-hmm. if now if I started doing a million things, now the the kind of impact you start making kind of diminishes to, to a great extent. Focus is huge. And I think traction and all these kind of really, really narrow down on that, I think. So you, good. You took, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. Focus, definitely one of the strongest keywords, and it has so much meaning behind it. One mm-hmm. question I have for you, and, and again, I'm not trying to challenge you here, but yeah, no. for everybody that's out there that's interested in getting into real estate, yeah, they've heard Cole's story, they've heard my story, they've heard your story. All of us come from such different and diverse backgrounds. But one thing that all three of us had in common is we do nothing about real estate and we just sort of just got dropped in. Yeah. (laughs) For those that are out there that would like us, what advice would you give somebody that would like to try to see what it's like to be able to help create generational wealth? Somebody that would like to come in and understand what it's like to have, you know, a construction team and any virtual assistants and just don't know where to go. What would you say? No. So, I mean, I think one of the biggest pieces is get around people that are doing it, right? So I think meetups, that's why meetups are, are so important. Um, yeah. Get around people that are doing it and bring value to those people, right? So it's like, what kind of skill set do you have at this very moment that you could potentially bring to this other person? Because 
you have a life experience, like whether you are just getting out of college, whether you are already in a job, whatever it is, right? There, there's some skill that you've been able to develop. See how you can bring value to this other person that you want to learn from. Based on that, just relationships that's getting formed. You form a relationship with others and they start helping you elevate, you know? So I, I kind of just narrow it down to that. Like very similarly, I think I, I try to live by that in, in a lot of ways. It's like, Whenever I'm around anybody that I could potentially help, I try to just pour on them. And and sometimes like they're even like uh, kind of like higher or further along than I am. But I know in this section, I can benefit them in one way or another. And I just go ahead and try to kind of pour whatever I have, you know? Well, we want to get you out of here. We know uh, we got a lot going on. So a couple last minute questions and you can answer these quickly. You can take a minute, whatever you want to do, but we call them the point of views. So let's hit it. What do you think separates a top performing investor from the rest of the crowd? Uh, I think we, we kind of honed into this a little bit, but I think that that focus piece is huge Um, to just, whatever you decide on, like it could be even like a mediocre vehicle, but just really, really focus on it. And I think it will go well, right? So uh, on that side of stuff, just kind of like really honing into what your goal is, obviously take a step back and figure out that you want your ladder to like lay, lay on that side. But as long as that is, it's like, I think focusing on it's so, so huge. What are some of the daily habits and routines that will help contribute to your success? Yeah. So um, I think there's my morning routine kind of shifts a little bit, but I think some of the things that stay constant is uh, journaling side of stuff I, that helps me kind of clear up like what's going on in my head. Like what, what do I need to put down on paper? Like, so the, the journaling has been huge. I, I think I used to have maybe like a more intense uh, morning routine, but I just want uh, every morning I try to wake up early as I wake up early and we're talking about 445 or so i just kind of like i'm able to just get things going writing things down reading i recently kind of just started getting a a kindle so i can kind of like separate from my phone and be able to just focus deeper into kind of like any any uh learning that that i really want to dive into um a section that's helped a ton is kind of like when i'm facing a problem i want to make sure that I'm working through that problem with whatever resources are needed, you know? So like that morning time of being able to like, Hey, if it's a a lead gen problem, all right. Hey, like who does that really well? And let me just really, really dive into it. So like getting space in my day to be able to work through that or get those resources into my head. Huge. Love it. Love it. Love it. Last question. What is the biggest non-monetary benefit that you've gotten from investing? No. So um, kind of cool. So just recently I start realizing how like the equation's big enough to where you would go. I could still do it by myself possibly. Right. Um, but it's, it's a kind of thing where it's like, it would not be fun and I would be very miserable. Right. So on that side of stuff, it ma- starts making you think it's like, if, if that's the case and it's almost like, why are, why are people doing what, you want them to do or the vision that you like you put down right so that led me to get get a grasp as to like hey it starts becoming um you start getting forced to become a better leader you start getting becoming a better leader now it means like you're connecting with people in a greater extent you're you're getting you're getting the sense of who they are you're able to put more pressure more more weight on your shoulders in order to help them right so it's like i think i was just talking to my cousin uh and she's been helping me with the business since it started 
And this is one of those layers where I want to help her make sure she has an extra avenue of retirement based on real estate, right? And it's like, now there's trust on making sure that the property is getting maintained and all this is happening. But either way, there's a, there's a layer where like, it's almost like uh, more, more demand comes on you that demand ends up making you stronger to help more people around. So, un, you know, like very much not monetary wise, but just like being the, the fact of like, I am a human that's able to help more, just really neat. Awesome. I couldn't have said it better. I love that. I think that's phenomenal. I, I mean, and it all sort of boils down to what you were talking about, you know, just a bit ago. Once you get into a room, um, you try to figure out how you can help. How can you create those win-win situations, those win-win scenarios? And then you've taken it a step further to figure out how can you be able to give back? How can you be able to support? How can you be able to, without selflessly thinking about it, right? Without actually trying to figure out what's in it for me, but what is it that I can do for you to try to help you get to your next milestone? Like Carmen, it just comes right back around full circle. I love that. A thousand percent. Yes, yes, yes. I think like what you guys are doing here is giving back so much. Uh, It's like, it's cool what you guys are putting together. And I I seriously love it. So I appreciate it. Appreciate it immensely. It's exciting. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And, and our hat's off to you. And it means the world that you're able to you know, spend time with us coming down, sharing your story. And I, I apologize if I'm being too forward, but I would love to be able to bring you back on, you know, further down the line to be able to continue to track, to figure out where you're at, see what we can do to try to help you out as well. So I wanted to say thank you. Bottom of our hearts, we greatly appreciate you. I appreciate that. would love to be back here. So awesome. Um, well, listen, man, it's been great. So it's uh, from having starting in wrestling, diving into your real estate portfolio, building your portfolio, raising capital from private investors, continuing to build your team and, or sorry, building your team and then now continuing to build your team. It's just been an awesome journey. Um, Last question, any final advice or recommendations? I would say uh, put your all into it, right? It's like, if if you have something in front of you, like you're never gonna know whether it's gonna succeed or not, unless you're able to just put like everything you have into this section, into whatever you're doing, just kind of really, really narrow down and put, put your all energy into it. I would say. Love it. Love it. Well, that will wrap us up. So as Nate said, thank you very, very much for being here. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you back then. Awesome. Hey, appreciate you guys. All right. Talk soon. You guys take care. Thank you for tuning in, coming to hang with us checking out views. We greatly appreciate it. Everybody get home safe. Thanks for listening to views. If you enjoyed today's show, take a second to hit the like button. And if you haven't already subscribe to our channel, so you never miss an episode until next time. Peace and love.